Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of Leadership of the Leaf. My name is Dice. And I'm Austin. Well, hey, hey, Austin. Hey, Dice. How are you today? I am quite well, my friend. It is a new year, new us, new something. Last episode. Hey, last episode? Last full episode. We still, I'm pretty sure there's a sidebar there. I'm pretty sure sure there's there's a sidebar. There's something there. We always find something, right? <laughs> well, so before before we jump too far in, Dice, I got to know, what are you smoking? What are you putting in your mouth? What? You want to know what I'm smoking before you know the topics? That's cool. All right, we can do it. Nah, hey, I'm switching <laughs> up. New year, Let's new this, right? New, oh. new order? <laughs> well, we'll start a new season later. All right. <laughs> L- LFD, La Florida de- Man, you suck so I do, bad. Yes. You know what? Something that hasn't changed is your shitty pronunciation of stuff. <laughs> Dominicana. <laughs> Man, that, that was a struggle bus. Yeah, it's okay. It's a chisel. Ooh. Uh, I wish everyone could see the they. Well, they can once they go on Instagram, but I wish they could see the wrapper of this thing. It's a double leggero, and it is amazing and delicious. And um. I was a little worried about the chisel, okay. but it's it's puffing fine. And of course, Mr. Austin, I am uh, enjoying that with my adult beverage of Tennessee. Yes, that's correct. Correct. VSOP. VSOP. Just hey, hey. I know it's a new year. It's a new year, but I need to kill a bottle. I need to kill a bottle. So how dare you? Yeah, well. What did the bottle ever do to you? <laughs> it was full. <laughs> <laughs> I use that against my wife. What did the bottle ever do? It was full. <laughs> Fuck that <All> bottle. <laughs> what what are you placing on your lips, sir? I am smoking <laughs> a Padron 1926 natural. Natural. Mm-hmm. Mm, that looks nice. Nice. It's a little bit of a box press. It's a smaller cigar, but it's good. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. The two, three puffs that I've had. <laughs> <laughs> and I am pairing that with one of my favorites. Esprit de Crew Crystal Rum. Ah, rum. Rum. With a Padron. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Trying something new. Trying something new, like right? It. New Year? I like the sound of that. What what are, what are you trying to say? Uh branch out, motherfucker. I will. Next season I will branch out. When you're out. dead. When you're dead. Got it. So dice. <laughs> Before we get uh, into the topics, I gotta tell you oh, a story. Oh, we got more. oh story, story, story time. Yay. I gotta come out and say this. Okay. I recently had a terrible tragedy strike myself and my humidor. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. What are you talking about? Mold. White uh, fuzzy mold. Mold in uh, my humidor. And on my cigars. Up. Oh, how many soldiers you lost? Eight. So far, eight, eight. So you it's, said so far. Oh. It's been a week. It's been a week. 
right. So I'm feeling pretty confident, but man, that just that that killed killed it. I was so upset. Well, that's that's. I'm glad you were able to admit that to everyone on air. I'm very I upset must, about it. I must tell you, we had a special request for this uh, episode. Oh, oh, we did. We we hundred percent did. Um, our cigar topic is going to be steps for removing mold from your humidor. Well, son of a well, bitch. <laughs> Maybe you can share some insight. I I hundred percent bet I can. <laughs> it's been a week, like I said, it's been a week. My cigars are now safe. Um, so far, there's no new mold spreading, so that's the good news. And we're gonna keep it. We're gonna try to keep it that way. Okay. Yes. All yes. right. All right. So we got tips. Ten steps for removing mold from your sheet door, which I love. Love it. Wish I would have had it when I went through <laughs> the fucking terribleness. I'm just curious uh, if, if, if there's something here that may trigger. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone would be curious to like how, what, when, PTSD? where. PTSD. <laughs> yes. You want to trigger my PTSD? <laughs> yes. That's of what we want. Losing, do. losing cigars to mold. That bastard. All right, but our leadership topic. Fucking mold. I know. Is uh, it's going to be functional conflict. That sounds like an oxymoron. Functional. Functional conflict. Ah, functional conflict. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll get more into exactly what is functional conflict. In our leadership topic, yes. But first, let's start off with steps from removing mold from your humidor. Let's see how many I followed. By the way, I just want to see how many I followed. <laughs> All right. Maybe I did good, right? This Maybe. Is, that was, all right. So first things first. Remove well, well, before be, <laughs> before you. Got, this is for a wood. normal, not normal, a wooden like desktop or whatever humidor. Not a cooler door. Not a tupper door. Not one of those fancy, stupid acrylic ones. This is talking about an actual desktop like humidor, wood, cedar wood. That. Type. But the step the steps are are pretty similar. Uh, you can you can modify it to what you need. All right. So for a wood humidor, first step is rescue your cigars from that moldy ass environment <laughs> by removing. <Do> it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm surprised that had to be said, but yes. Yeah, it does. Um, okay. So you got to temporarily remove your all your cigars from your humidor and separate the moldy cigars from the non-moldy ones. Obviously, sanitizing a moldy humidor takes weeks, so you'll need to store your cigars without a humidor for a while. Uh, I recommend a humidor bag, Ziploc bag, a Tupper door, or a mason jar. Toss Belvita packs in there with them, keep them fresh. This way, if any cigars look okay today, begin to show signs of mold over the next few weeks. You're not ruining another humidor or another humidification device. Which I went, I had to go out. I had to go out and buy a Tupper door. <laughs> had, to, had to go out okay. and buy one. I did not have a spare humidor sitting in my house. So I had to go out and buy one. That's okay. Terrible. terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little side note to that, just for uh, anyone out there, whatever. So let's say you have your your cigar stack or whatever, and your bottom eight, as your case, were the moldy ones. 
but the ones that were like slightly above it or whatever they were not moldy but they were still kind of in contact with the molding ones but you didn't see any mold i would segregate them even from the ones that you know aren't moldy to the ones that was touching moldy and then of course throw the moldy ones away so once you have all the cigars removed uh and you've segregated them you've thoroughly inspected them one by one look for the foot look at the head look at the shaft of the cigar everything to make sure you don't see any molds and you discard first thing you do after that is discard and toss out any and all moldy cigars which is the worst thing anyone ever has to do in regards to cigars did you do like a little salute or play like a bugle or taps or something while they were no or did you do it very angrily i was very angry i was actually breaking them in half Ah, which made it hurt. I think even worse, but it was it was what it was. Got it. Yeah. So toss them out. Cigar mold will continue to grow on an infected cigar, and it will continue to infect whatever environment you place them in. There's no even if it's just a small trace amount. There's no way to get rid of mold out of a cigar. True, unless you want to just boss up and smoke it. They get sick. Not recommended at all. No, don't yeah. don't boss up. No don't bossing. Do up. Don't don't do that. Uh, the next thing you want to do is discard your humidification device or, and replace it. Uh, you like majority of times it's like a Bavita pack. Uh, I know I use the little air. What's it called? Uh, human human air. Human care. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, uh, so I would throw away my sponge that's located in that. Uh, uh, trying to salvage the human humidification unit from the moldy uh, humidor is a little risky I mean you don't want to go through all that shit again right so probability that you recontaminate your humidor after it's been cleaned is actually pretty fucking high it's better to invest in a new humidification device and new Bavita packs just to be safe over sorry yeah yeah uh, especially Bovita packs are like a uh, it's like a paper right it's a, it's it's a it's a two-way <laughs> two, yeah it's a two-way humidification device mold spores are usually airborne so that means it's probably inside the bovita pack and on the outside it's just not not worth it um so it's probably better to just go buy new stuff uh so, as, as shitty as it is so number one check number two check check and number three check check okay so 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 far we got three checks yes, yes. okay Awesome. Uh, so number four would be vacuum the humidor thoroughly, which if you don't want to vacuum it, uh, you could you could wipe it out, um, you know, get it all cleaned out. But you get get all the all of the contents of the humidor have been removed. Thoroughly vacuum the interior to suck out any loose bits of mold or tobacco those exposed to mold. Basically, you have to thoroughly clean the shit out of your humidor, whether that's via vacuum. Uh, you know, uh, vacuum or or wet paper towel or something. Clean, clean it all out. You got to get it out because the next couple steps are going to then sterilize your humidor. Yeah, you don't want little itty bitty teeny bits and particles of tobacco that may have mold spores. Right. Just because they're tiny and small doesn't mean you can't have mold spores. Yeah, exactly. So once you vacuum that out. 
uh, you want to sand, lightly sand, the interior of your humidor. Uh, so you, I recommend 150, uh, number 150. It's an extra fine grit sandpaper. Most humidors lining is cedar, right? Spanish cedar, but it's thin. So you don't want to sand deeper than necessary. If the mold is penetrated deeply into the walls of your humidor because you neglected it for so long, just throw <laughs> this humidor out and get a new one. Uh, but once you've sanded it lightly and the affected areas, vacuum it again because guess what you just exposed your humidor to again <laughs> is wood-laden, mold spore-laden wood. So vacuum it out again. Wipe it all out again. Dump it out. Get it out. Clean it. Can't stress that enough. Well, I was a little leery of you even having the word sand in this because I could just see someone just going to town with like... Nope. Like, please, please, for the love of everything, do not go to town with a fucking sand sponge, like sand a, bar. Like or... a 60 grit sandpaper. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know what the guys were talking about. Yeah, no, please. It's more of a lightly sand. You want to take off uh, just a few layers, maybe like the epidural layer of wood if it had skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the very top layer that was had mold on it. So, yeah, gent- gently sand it. Um, mine, I did not sand my humidor. It does have wooden trays. There was no mold on my, on my wooden trays, but I did do the next step. So I didn't sand it. I didn't, I didn't feel it was necessary, but we'll see if, if it, if the mold, cause I'm not moving my cigars back, right? I'm not going to move them back for a while. So if the mold happens to come back, then I'll, 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 I'll do the sanding. But I did do the next step, which is I sterilized the interior with isopropyl alcohol. All right. Did you use a dirty cloth? No, I used a clean cloth. <laughs> got uh, some, some people need to be led like that. Some people need that. But I got a cloth. I got a dirty and a clean one. I'm going to use a dirty one. I don't want to mess my clean <laughs> one up. That's my church <laughs> cloth. <laughs> Uh, so clean cloth, you carefully wiped out the interior? Yeah. All right. Uh, I actually just wiped out, because it's a tray, and they're all interior to the to the humidor, I wiped the whole tray okay. down. Whole tray, okay. Uh, well, I'm using a wooden one. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't saturate the surface. It was just a light rubbing of, of isopropyl alcohol, just enough to kind of wet the wood a little bit, and then that allowed that to kill the mold spores and then I let them dry for probably a couple hours out, yeah, outside was, the humidor. I was going to say the same thing. I, I don't want people dousing their whole humidor with alcohol saturating the wood or whatever. You you literally are just wiping it down. Just like if you had like a bug bite and you was just to wipe alcohol over that or something. You, you just want to really just kill any spores that may be lingering. Mm-hmm. So I let it dry to just let it air out, right? Because alcohol evaporates pretty easily. Yeah. Right? So, and I think I used 80% or a 92% solution. I used like a pretty high concentration of isopropyl alcohol. I didn't use like 70. Okay. Because I was like, well, the more alcohol, the probably the better it is at killing wood <laughs> mold spores, right? So, right. I want the higher, higher concentration. Um, and then I took distilled water and I wiped it down with 100% steam distilled water 
that diluted any alcohol that was soaked into the wood and it, I left that the trays again I left them out overnight to dry out okay and I sprayed I sprayed them pretty good which also can kind of count as like a re-seasoning of your humidor right um, which is uh, is going to be like around the next step uh, what are we on like eight the next step is going to be rehumidify the humidor which is pretty much what you were saying with the reseason so after it dries out even though you did wipe it down you want to reseason it just one more time just to make sure with a new humidification device you want to pop that in there uh, we're fans of Bevita pack so we will put those in uh, prep and season your humidor just like you did when it was new wipe the interior down with uh, distilled water charge a humidification source and close the box repeat until your humidification is stabilized and roughly to about 70 but we had a whole show on that 70 is like a baseline whatever is going to be good for you whatever environment that you're actually located in. yeah i'm sitting at 65 right now on on my okay. humidor which i i'm happy with 65 so it's it's stabilized for about a week i'm gonna let it go probably two three more weeks uh, because step nine is now that you've con- achieved a consistent relative hu- humidity, whatever you're happy with, in your humidor, wait. Wait. You have just undertaken a project. Wait. It's going to be hard. Because you're like, ah, it's been a week. I can throw all my stuff back in. No. Wait. <laughs> you got to give the mold a chance to grow again, basically. Right? Minimum two weeks monitor very closely your humidor to ensure the mold does not return while there's no cigars inside why would you want mold to return while there's cigars inside that's dumb <laughs> right if you're doing it you start over from point one yeah i honestly i'm i'll be honest i'm probably gonna wait about a month or more mm. before i put my cigars back in that humidor there was and i sent you a picture of that bottom of that humidor where it was just white mold all over my humidor. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, maybe we maybe we post it. Maybe we won't. It'll be up to you. Eh, we'll discuss it. Okay. Um, I would advise, like you said, a month. <laughs> you said you was going to wait a month. I would advise a, a month. It's a minimum of two weeks, but waiting longer than two weeks offers just added insurance. So waiting a month is... It's almost like, okay, you can uh, go ahead and cash that check on me. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, it's been a month. Uh, you know, opening your humidor, checking it regularly, you know, allows that air to circulate, allows you to, to make sure that, you know, it's it's like it was getting used. Um, so it's under normal, kind of normal operation, so to speak, but it doesn't have cigars in there. They're not uh, potentially being re-exposed to mold. So just closely monitor it. I suggest a month, if not longer, minimum two weeks. Minimum. Um, step 9B is the flavor profile of your cigar, Ooh. the first third. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. 9, 9B. Oh, that's an interesting. I didn't do that one. <laughs> so no check. No check. Leather. Cocoa. Just a touch of white pepper on the back end. Yeah. Pepper and cocoa. Okay. Well, I'm definitely getting the the leather. It's not like cocoa. Uh, it's like cacao. Like 
dark chocolate. Cacao. That's one of my favorite words, by the way. Cacao. Yeah, just because of that. Cacao. <laughs> no, cacao. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting leather and a strong sense of pepper. But when I say pepper, I, it's not like the one that we had at Cuatro. It's not that kind of pepper. Not the white pepper? The pepper, not the white pepper. It's, it's more of, I want to say seasoning pepper. So more, of, I guess, more of a black pepper with a nice spice to it. Okay. So it's a soft pepper. What's the lightest pepper there is? Is black pepper the lightest one there is? I mean, there's white pepper. That's pretty, oh, white that's pretty light. White pepper is very... Yeah, I thought white pepper was a little more profound. No, it is. I mean, oh, oh, you're talking about flavor profile, not color. Correct. Oh. You fucking guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think probably. Uh, I, yeah, I'd say probably just table black pepper would probably be the lightest. I'm gonna go with black pepper. Most people have been exposed to. I'm not. I'm not a cook or a spice connoisseur by any means. So I'm going to go spice with black pepper. Okay. Sounds good. And it's interesting because all this, I can, it it probably sounds funny, but I can actually tell the smoke is funneling. It's not coming through like a, like my normal punch that I like or anything. I can actually, the chisel is causing a different swirl effect. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Step 10. The last step. If no signs of mold appear, return your cigars to the humidor to their home <laughs> and buy more <laughs> and buy more because you probably smoked through a bunch of them with the stress of this horrific <laughs> event oh I can't believe this right. the, the episode just happened to line up it just happened to line I'm sure up. they did yeah that, um, that's the, that the lie you want me to believe <laughs> when the coast is clear and your humidor appears to be mold-free, you can store cigars inside again. To be safe, you may want to start with an entirely fresh batch of cigars. In other words, the cigars that you save from the moldy environment are best kept isolated away from new cigars while you smoke through them. You could risk reintroducing mold to your clean humidor again by putting them back inside and that's kind of what I was uh, aiming for when you were segregating them at the beginning. Because if you have someone like a very top shelf, the likelihood that they have mold is not as high as if you took one off top of one that was already moldy. So if you segregate them again, the ones that you had contact with the mold, I would not put those back in the humidor. I was just going to smoke those through. And the ones that you know pretty much with shadow of it out, do not have mold it's probably safe to put those back yeah i mean the thing is with, with mold spores they're and they're if they're airborne right which is how mold propagates um they're they're throughout your whole humidor if it's not showing signs of mold you're most likely safe to smoke it but that's not that's not saying that there's not a potential of a mold spore inside that cigar that could propagate given the correct conditions again it's not going to affect your health necessarily. Uh, you know, it's not going to affect your health, but it's not saying that there's not still a tiny microscopic mold spore still in there. There's just no way of knowing. So if you really, 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 really want to be safe and you're being super cautious, which I, I applaud um, your patience and uh, 
you know, your, your safety, then smoke through the whole stuff, put a fresh batch in your humidor, call it a day and you're good to go. Um, I've thought about doing that. I've, I've, you know, obviously I'm still waiting. Uh, so on step nine, I'm waiting my, my two weeks, my months. Um, I don't know that I'll put those cigars back in that humidor. I will say it's been interesting to note which cigars I had to throw away and which ones I did not. Mm. Because you know which ones had the most amount of mold on them? I would assume the ones that did not have cellophane. Correct. All the ones <laughs> that had cellophane? Remember that extra a layer of protection? Well, guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> Almost all of my... All, all but one cigar that I threw away did not have cellophane. Everything else had cellophane. Mm. And the one cigar that had cellophane that had the smallest spot of mold that me and the wife couldn't even tell if it actually had mold, but it had a gray spot and I was being super cautious, so I threw it away. That's smart. That's the better, safer yeah, 100%. So I was like, uh, not 100%. That looks kind of like it's mold, kind of fuzzy. Could just be a blemish on the cello. Don't know. Throwing it away. It sucked because I threw away some good, good cigars. That uh, made me sad. Don't tell the world. Don't tell the world. That's so sad. <laughs> that sucks. It does. So... What I had to do to save my cigars is I had to go get a Tupperdor, which is similar to a Coolador, right? So when I did this, I had to prep this this Tupperdor. I don't have sheets of Spanish cedar laying around. That's, you know, one might assume. <laughs> I don't. So, but I had to wash it out. I used hot soapy water. I just used Dawn. Regular old Dawn dish detergent. I hot soapy watered, watered it up. I rinsed it out. And I let it dry, and then I took a paper towel, clean, clean paper towel, and I wiped through the inside really quick, and said, "All right, this is good." And then I sprayed isopropyl alcohol in there, and I wiped that all around, let that dry, and then I distilled water, and I wiped that all around to get all the alcohol <laughs> out. I let that dry, and then I put my cigars in that humidor. Hmm. Well, there's some uh, <clears throat> some quick side notes for uh, other types of humidors, and Coolador is one of them, which I think you pretty much said you did. Uh, wash out the Coolador with uh, hot soapy water. Yep. I know you use alcohol also. Let that dry. Uh, any of the components that you have in there, uh, I'm pretty sure there's like a fan and all kinds of other gadgets and gadgets. Uh, you want to clean those up with uh, alcohol as well because they could also contain the mold spores because as we said, they're airborne. And you also want to check the seals of your humidor just to make sure they're good to go to. Yeah, so to- so Cooler, to, cooler door, cooler door. So I have a converted wine fridge humidor. That's the kind of that's the kind of humidor that I had or have, and that's the one that got mold. I, to clean that out, I sprayed, um, diluted one-to-one simple green in the fans both fans has two fans and I sprayed on all the plastic components with my because at the same time I was doing my wood trays on the outside right 
Mm-hmm. I sprayed the ever-loving... Well, first off, I wiped it down with Lysol. A Lysol wipe. <laughs> I, I cleaned up all the molds. And then I let that dry. And then I opened it up again and I sprayed it out with... Uh, I sprayed it out with Simple Green. I closed that. I let the fans run. I let that sit overnight to dry out. Because the fans running, right? So I got to make sure it's out of all the air ducts and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I sprayed it out again with Simple Green to finish making sure I got every nook and cranny of that cooler door safe. Uh, then I let that dry, and then I sprayed the shit out of it with distilled water, and I wiped it out with a clean paper towel, and now it's and then I let that sit overnight and then I put my trays back in but for like an acrylic humidor or a ceramic jar type wash it out with hot soapy water let it air dry uh, you know if you if you don't have wood in the bottom that you or if you do then you can take the wood out maybe think about throwing it in the dishwasher to sanitize it check your seals uh, it's easier to remediate mold in a plastic environment than in a traditional cedar environment because you don't have to sand it's just usually surface level and so you can take a Lysol wipe you can take a simple green or bleach solution or something like that and really clean it but be cautious if you do that stuff you have to let it air out and you also have to um, spray out I would highly recommend you spraying it out with distilled water yes dishwashers have bacteria in them don't know if you guys know this you wash dirty <laughs> ass dishes in them that people have eaten on and coughed on and all this other shit. So guess what? Even if you sanitize it in there, I would still w- pull it out and either wipe it with a Lysol wipe, bleach, simple green, whatever, something that is whatever, let that dry and then distilled water it to get yeah. all the remnants of bacteria out of there. Well, some dishwashers have that sanitizing like tray and then great you, like care. sanitizing for like baby bottles and so i'm just saying some some have that uh mine do not i'm not fancy pants but some right. have that um some may wonder may wonder which we'll, we'll just go through pretty quickly is the cause of cigar mold what could cause it yeah because that's that's kind of what the basis i understand you you went through hell which is detrimental i don't know if i could survive it sir mold in my <laughs> humidor i don't know you're a bigger man than i uh mold can grow for a variety too. of <laughs> yeah mold can grow for a variety of reasons but preventing it is easier when you are aware of the causes some of the common culprits i have listed below yes uh first off using non-distilled water as a humidification device if you have a sponge uh humicare a rabbit air uh whatever right the bees the water beads and you don't use distilled water you're fucking up one of the biggest causes of cigar mold is using tap or bottled water in your humidor the type of water you use in a humidor matters you're better off letting your humidor dry out than humidifying it with non-distilled water propylene propylene glycol works fine as well but using tap water in a humidor just once can trigger an outbreak of mold Guess what? The water you drink that comes out your faucet, it is not as clean as you think. <laughs> Just saying. Don't care if you got a water softener. It ain't as clean as you think. Correct. Those are actual 
words of advice. Uh, another one is uh, your temperature or your humidity are too high. Yep. Another common cause is the mold is over humidifying your cigars. It's, it's tempting to boost the humidity up to make your cigar softer and spongier than they need to be. But a lot of folks uh, assume softer cigars are fresher. That's not true. Get your relative uh, humidity where you like it. Uh, whatever your temperature is for your household they here. They got the 70-70 rule, but again, that's just a basis for really new guys until they figure out what they actually need. Uh, are the best conditions for storing cigars. Exceeding it way too high could encourage mold to grow in your humidor. Especially yeah. Especially if there's a tight seal. Yeah, actually, I think that could be one of the causes of my my problems. Uh, it's because I, as you know, I was having trouble with my humidification. And I was constantly trying to fight it, and I could not get that thing down below about seventy-five percent. Um, I think that was probably my biggest contributing factor. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I've I've significantly reduced the, the humidification, and we'll see how this rolls. But um, yeah, just be cautious with over over humidified cigars. Um, another cause is if your cigars were exposed to mold before you bought them. Um, mm. It's rare that a moldy cigar will come from a good retailer, but if you're trading cigars with others or someone gave you cigars as a gift, especially Cubans, there's a chance they could have been exposed to mold before you got them. If you didn't buy cigars directly from a reputable retailer, it never <laughs> hurts to store them in a humidor bag or monitor them for a couple weeks to ensure no mold develops before you transfer them back into your humidor. That's just a good idea in general. Especially, uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of picky when it comes to eating other people's food. Kind of picky when you're getting other people's cigars, too. Yeah. yeah, who knows? They might have stored them in a freezer or something. <laughs> Happened. <laughs> Here, Dice, here's a cigar. Out of my fridge for two weeks. Um, another rule is... Uh, Actually, you can get bacteria from your hands. So if you got grubby fingers and you don't wash your hands super often and you go rifling through your humidor, even when you're organizing it or you're searching or you're rotating cigars top to bottom and all that other fun stuff, you your the bacteria from your hands can get on your, on your cigars and cause mold to grow. It's really gross and disgusting. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> I will say I don't think about that when I'm reaching I my don't. humidor. I don't. I'm like, oh, oh, let me go wash my hands. I don't think of it that way. But it's not like I'm a nasty, dirty person anyway. But I mean, I'm not going to go out and do yard work and then be like, you know what? <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, I just finished changing the oil on my truck. I'm going to go smoke a cigar. Let me rifle through all my shit while I got oily hands. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. So um, just be aware of that. <laughs> Another. Another thing which I, I would say uh, new newer cigar people that get involved with it and they want to catch them all like Pokemon, they want to fill up their humidor all the way, right? So not enough circulation for in your humidor uh, for humidity and air to circulate. It's got a 25 so, cigar capacity. I put 30 in it. What's the problem? <laughs> you want to leave at least 20 to 25% of your humidor empty to allow air and moisture to circulate freely and then you want to rotate your cigars on a regular basis. The humidor is packed to its maximum capacity. The cigars closest to your humidification 
device or source uh, can prevent humidity from moving around. This obstruction of moisture can encourage mold to grow in one area of the humidor. Yeah. Yeah, that was not my problem. It has two fans, like I said, uh, that go go around. So that was not my issue. I, I honestly think it was my... I think... Because I had this, the... My cooler door set to about 65 degrees. Yeah. But my, my humidity was like 75%. So I think my temperature and my humidity were just too high. I mm. think it was just too high. So... I think that was my biggest kicker, which sucks. Um, you know, live and learn, I guess. But I thought I'd be okay. I was not. I was actively trying to fix it, but uh, I just didn't catch it in time. I remember one of my first humidors. You know, you order cigars from a catalog or whatever. Order this, and you get a free desktop free humidor. Yeah, yeah, and it holds like fifteen, maybe twenty. Yeah, but I bought a pack of like. <laughs> so of course I'm like I'm happy I'm like ah oh, I finally got this humidor and I fill it up full of yeah some were soft some was hard some was so of course with a little research I realized that hey dumb dumb and then I, I upgraded yeah and then I upgraded again and now I upgraded one more time actually right now I think I have three different humidors in the house I think you do too <laughs> it happens it happens uh, anyway so I just went for the big guns get a 400 count yeah I was thinking of that I don't know I don't know well we talked about the humidification mold growing in uh, humidors I don't I don't know why this topic was brought up but I, I think our listeners for bringing this topic up so we was able to address it and also Austin uh, thank you for sharing your life lessons oh you're welcome to learn. you're welcome yeah. I, yeah I don't want anyone to suffer what I suffered yeah that's a great loss I, I, I feel sorry for your loss uh-huh just, just 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 for the record the red cigar was part of the the loss yeah yes that so I pulled I pulled my cigars out because I was like ah, you know what coming up on a new year gotta celebrate another year going around the sun hell yeah and I was like I wonder what cigar I want to smoke and I was kind of looking through them and I, I picked up the red cigar and I was like oh, I can't wait to smoke this and I just happened to look at the end and saw white and I was like that looks like mold shit so I set it off to the side and then I was like, let me open another drawer. And there was another cigar and it was covered in mold. And I was like, really shit. So then I was like, I started yelling at my wife like it was a, the house was on fire. <laughs> and she was, what, what, what? And I was like, there, there's mold. She's like, that's it? And I was like, I'm going to fucking punch you. <laughs> you mean that's it? <laughs> that's it. Fuck. I need you to sign these papers. Yeah. <laughs> then, then once I started pulling everything out, and checking it one by one, and I was just had you know head, hand in head almost. I was like, oh fuck me. She's like, you have a lot of cigars. Wait, could they all be bad? I was like, yes. She was like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> now she gets it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck. So, uh, second, third. 
Second, third. You want to go now or you want to do it after the break? We can do it now. I don't care. All right. Well, my second, third, uh, I'm getting some cow. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, leather is definitely moving in. That pepper is more spicy. Spicier, not more sp- spicier, I guess the correct way to say that. But it's still a very pleasant spicy. I'm, I'm really digging this. Yeah, so leather. Leather, I get chocolate. And just a, the white pepper moved out, but now it's, it's a spiciness. Not quite black pepper. Uh, maybe like an allspice type thing. Oh, it's interesting. It's it's pleasant. It's very well balanced. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about functional conflict. Oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone. Um, thanks for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. I'm just uh, letting you know, if you want to see what kind of cigars that myself, Dice, and Austin, what we're smoking on each episode, check out our Instagram on Leadership of the Leaf. All one word. At Leadership of the Leaf. And please, leave us a comment. Send us a message with what other questions or what you guys are smoking on. Maybe you guys have some suggestions for us that we'd love to give it a shot at Leadership of the Leaf on Instagram. Hola, mi gente. I'm Wanda Hernandez. I'm CEO of Sticks and Stones Productions. And we are here with Dyson Austin. And you are listening to Leadership of the Leaf. All right, welcome back to Leadership of the Leaf. All right, we just talked about how to get mold out of your humidor. Uh, no cause or relation to the fact that I had mold in my humidor. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It was it was a, a you know a listener. Uh, you know, I want to know the listener's name. <laughs> uh, they just go kidding, by. I'm kidding. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Functional conflict. Let's get into this because this is interesting to me. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I found it very interesting. Yeah. So let's define conflict, right? Conflict is a natural and necessary part of life, right? Yeah. Um, and conflict can be either functional or dysfunctional. Conflict is 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 handled uh, the way it is handled can make or break a relationship. So conflict is a, is competition or, or a disagreement um, that you may have with a another person, basically, right? You're you're in conflict or a disagreement with somebody, teammate, spouse, yeah. whatever, friend, random stranger on the street, that guy that stole your parking spot, whatever. <laughs> so a dysfunctional conflict is. A type of conflict in which people cannot work together to achieve their common goals, usually due to a lack of resolution of differences. Uh, It's a type of conflict that occurs when two or more parties, whoever that is, um, came to an agreement that's not beneficial to all involved. uh, And this type of conflict 
It can cause emotional harm, distress, damage to relationships, and create a power struggle. This is when people just can't seem to solve. They can't agree to disagree, and everyone has to be right, and they're digging trenches. Correct. Uh, it's a disagreement or a conflict in which each side of the argument is using or trying to use the other side to achieve their own personal goal. They're not yeah. looking at it as a team effort. They're just trying to win their I'm personal right. goal. You're wrong. Fuck you, guys. <laughs> Dysfunctional conflicts are often destructive and can lead to tension, anger, and resentment. Listen, now, Karen keeps eating my shit out of the refrigerator, <laughs> even though I put my name on it. Fuck that bitch. And when the resentment, I, I have a term for when people just can't let go of that resentment. It's I call it the bitch eating crackers syndrome. That's what I call it. Like no matter what that other person does, <laughs> it's always going to get on your nerves. As in, look at Karen over there, the fucking bitch eating crackers, getting crumbs everywhere. Like all she's doing is eating crackers. You don't care. You have resentment because of a dysfunctional conflict that has occurred. Yeah, and and, and it's not solved. <clears throat> I, oh, sometimes I like to call this the uh, the mother-in-law aspect <laughs> and it's like oh your mother's coming to town fuck that bit man she is so crazy oh, god and she walks through the door and you're like hello barbara <laughs> like bitch all she does walk through the door yeah, fuck that bitch. Uh, i'm glad we both got our own like terms for that <laughs> uh, yeah it's it, it makes me laugh because i'm like that i go i could get into it but there's there's people in my life that have some sort of dysfunctional conflict and they'll be like it's the simplest thing and it'll be like she left she left a knife on the counter well okay what kind of knife was it? did she use the knife was it a clean knife that she just happened to take out and realized she didn't need it and forgot to put it? no no fuck that she there was a jelly on the knife she left it on the counter well did was she coming back did you ask her no i don't fucking care i'm like it's a knife <laughs> it's a butter knife holy shit it's, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Step yeah. away from the knife. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Whereas functional conflict involves productive disagreements where the end goal is improvement within an organization or team. It's when people have opposing goals that can be resolved without conflict. Characterized by parties' efforts to achieve mutually beneficial outcomes and party the the parties work together to resolve the conflict in a constructive way. This is, hey, I disagree with you that we need to have three tires on this vehicle. I really think we should have four. Well, I mean, three would work, but I could see why you, th you know, you think it's unstable. All right, let's go with four. Boom, it's an improvement. You disagreed, but you came together, made the end product better, and you move forward. There's no lingering resentment, nothing. Uh, right. I mean, it kind of implies in the name functional as opposed to dysfunctional. But one of the, one of the things you kind of, you want to, how do you resolve conflict? Uh, the way to resolve conflict, I know this is going to be a little foreign to some people, Oof. is to first identify the problem. Once you know the problem, you can work together to find a solution. So <laughs> identifying a problem is not as easy as people think it is, right? Right. Because you have to dig down, drill down deep. What is the actual issue you have with this other individual or this other party? And and 
it, it comes in like you know if you're thinking like a in project management terms right what is the what is the end goal of this project well i need to solve uh i need to solve this this procedure is always late okay why why do you think it's always late? well i think it's this and this guy thinks it's that and this and this and this and it's like okay well let's identify it let's really flush out this problem and identify it to its core and maybe we find out that it's a simple fix or maybe it's a, a larger fix but if you just go well i know what the problem is the problem is it's bitchy crackers all right holy <laughs> like let's let's drill down and because the bitch eating crackers may be like, yeah, well, you're always eating fish in the fucking microwave. And yeah, all right. Like, is that really the fucking problem or is there something deeper? Yeah. Everybody like it. Everybody? You, everybody? Okay. Yeah. I, it's like peeling the onion. I, I think I said it before. And a lot, it's a common one. Peel the onion back. You keep peeling mm-hmm. it back. The more you peel yeah. back, the more you cry until you finally figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> You gotta figure out like why why does the why does the butter knife bother you? Come to find out he owes you twelve thousand dollars six years ago and he ain't paid him back. Like, oh shit, okay, then yeah, I can understand why you think <laughs> a butter knife's a big fucking deal. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but now we know the source of the conflict, right? We gotta find out what it is. Um dysfunctional conflict is not it's it's destructive. It, it leads to further conflict. So if you can't identify the problem, whether it's dysfunctional or functional, you're not going to be able to resolve it. So if it's a dysfunctional conflict, it's going to be destructive and it leads to further conflict, right? Right. It could be the Karen disagreed with you and made you look like an idiot in front of your boss. And now you're like, fuck that bitch over there eating crackers. Who fucking knows, (laughs) right? Right. But it's destructive. Basically. Um, functional conflict is productive and helps to resolve the issue at hand. I mean, so the issue at hand is not the bitch eating crackers. That's not the issue at hand. So you want to get down to the actual root cause, like we were saying earlier, to figure out what the actual conflict is so you can uh, become more functional instead of dysfunctional. It's also important to recognize when conflict is happening to try to use the functional conflict as much as possible in order to resolve the issue. Yeah. Um, it, it's, you got, you have to come with the right mindset though, to, to be able to do functional conflict. You have to come with the issue with the, the mindset of this person is not trying to make me look dumb. They're not, they're not attacking me on a personal level. They didn't say, they didn't come up to me and be like, Hey dice, you're a fucking idiot and I hate your face and you fucking loser. You know, they're not attacking you on a personal level. They literally just said, Hey, I disagree with your idea. Right. Why do you disagree with my idea? Let's, let's figure out why we're disagreeing on how to move forward on this project. And and we can come to a better solution between the two of us. They're not attacking you on a personal level. You got to realize it's one of those things that, Hey, I disagree with your idea. Okay what's your idea and let's let's come to a solution well sometimes when stuff like that happens and then i why do you think that and you because he's stupid okay that that's not really constructive that's not really helping so sometimes if tensions are high or whatever the problem can't be solved 
then decide whether to resolve the conflict and, or move on. So what's, what's that saying is, is maybe now is not the right time to talk about it. Maybe now that person is still too angry or whatever the reason is, they're not really able to uh, communicate effectively without falling back into the dysfunctional side of the conflict. Yeah, so I had to, I was helping coach my, my son's little, little league football team, right? And a part of the league, you have to have a league rep for each city that's part of this league, right? There's a dysfunctional conflict within that league. One, these two towns, I'm not a part of either one, could not get along. One team could be like, hey, I want to change my color from a light blue to a navy blue. And the other t- the other town would go, you want to do what? You want to change motherfucking colors now? Now that we've already been part of this league for three years, you want to change colors now? Nobody else has got blue, and you want to fucking take two blues? No, fuck you. I'm out. Nope. I vote against it. That's like, holy shit. Dude, all they're doing is changing their own uniform colors. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Now, fuck them. Uh, that's dysfunctional conflict. They could not get along. Yeah. And that issue cannot be resolved at that moment. And right. probably, probably there will not be another moment. I, I don't know. I'm not there. Yeah, but it, it, it sounds unreasonable. If the conflict is it becomes too dysfunctional to where you cannot, um, where you cannot solve the problem, and the two parties just cannot come to an agreement on any way, shape, or form, and it's causing conflict outside of the two parties, it may be time to move one party out or both parties out and say, you know what? If you guys can't get along, then you're both off the team. You're both out of the, out of whatever. And we're going to move on with this project without you because you guys can't get along. Now it's in, now it's hindering the rest of us and you're just going to have to solve your problems outside or we're going to take note and just not let you guys basically be part of the same team anymore. Cause you hate the way she fucking crunches on crackers. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Uh, functional conflict occurs when there is a disagreement about what needs to be done, but everyone involved can work together to resolve the issue. So everybody knows what the problem is at hand, but everyone has a different idea of how to resolve that problem. So instead of going to a dysfunctional side, everyone is still functioning and moving in the right direction of trying to resolve the same issue. Right, and that goes back to properly identifying what the fucking problem is in the first damn place. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times uh, that, that if you go to like a conflict resolution class or any project management class or anything like that, the, the first step is planning and identifying what is the problem that we are trying to solve? Because I could say, the problem is our production is down. All right, Dice, how do you think we should solve the production problem? Well, I think we need more personnel. And I'm over here going, what? More, more personnel? No, we need more facilities, man. We have enough personnel. We just need more space. It, we both agree that the problem is production is down. We have different ideas on what is causing the production to be down. So you need to identify, and and that's this is where it can be dysfunctional or, or functional, where... If you say, no, fuck you, what the fuck do you mean we don't, we have enough people? You're a fucking idiot. You don't know what the fuck's going on on this production floor. Fuck you. And I'm like, who the, fuck me? No, fuck me, fuck you. 
and yeah. that starts falling into the dysfunctional. If you go, hey, tell me why you think we need more space, and I go, well, because X, Y, and Z. Why do you think we need more and more people? And you go, well, because X, you know, A, B, C. I'm like, okay, I can see both sides of this. Let's come together. Maybe we do need both, or maybe we just need to reorganize how our our spaces flowed and add two positions or something. Yeah. I mean, exactly what you just uh, you labeled here, handling conflict in a constructive way, which you did at the end there, can save relationships. So uh, maybe we was like Hatfield and McCoys until we both agreed to pretty much disagree, right? But we both still agree with the same issue at hand, the final problem. However, the conflict is handled in a destructive way. It can lead to a breakup of a relationship. So this is like sometimes when you see a company split up like maybe they're brothers and then they're like ah fuck you i'm gonna do my own thing and now you got starbucks a and starbucks b or whatever because the two brothers couldn't figure out a way to resolve their own conflict they decide to go ahead and just you know do their own thing each way that means they couldn't resolve their conflict but i mean the same issue is going to happen again and again and again unless they can come together to resolve their actual conflict Right, and the conflict could be I don't like the way he made fun of my hair one day. I don't fucking know, but it could just yeah. be that 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 could be the base of the conflict, and and now they're disagreeing on how to properly run a business, which is a huge issue. Um, so while while conflict is often viewed as something negative, it can be that conflict is a positive force in the in our lives, right? Conflict. Uh, can can drive each other to be better. Uh, conflict can sit there and make you say, oh, "I didn't, I never considered that before." I'm glad we kind of had this argument, so I can see your side, you can see my side, and we can come together to make a better solution that neither one of us would have considered on our own. I wanted a bigger, I wanted a bigger floor space, uh, but that does no good if our floor space is set up inefficiently. Whereas you want more people, but that does us no good if we don't have the room for the people because it's so inefficient. Right. But I would never have saw that if you didn't speak up to begin with. Right. In a constructive manner. And, and a, <laughs> fuck you, Dice. We don't need more <laughs> motherfucking people. You want more people on this fucking payroll? You want to cut into our revenue? Fuck you. <laughs> Where you start getting into dysfunction. Um, <laughs> functional conflict, when managed properly, can lead to better decision making, increased creativity, and improved relationships. Um, it's a type of conflict that is focused on achieving goals and utilizes healthy debate and discussion between people who have different viewpoints and ideas. You're not attacking each other personally, like I've said in the past. Rather, the focus is on finding the best solution to a problem or whatever problem you're trying to solve. Right. And what I like to do in these type of situations, especially if, if you're in a group setting and you're trying to solve a production issue or something like that, it's best to just listen listen to everyone's idea all the way out like why do you think we need more people oh those are good reasons why do you think we need more floor space oh i didn't see it that way either okay so now maybe we like you were saying earlier maybe we can meet in the middle we'll rearrange to have our production a little better flow better and you're i think you're right we could use one or two more guys at the end here because now we got more floor space which you wanted and we need two more guys to work this area that'll work out perfectly right 
versus your original idea of let's just get 10 more bodies in here and my uh, idea of I need another 2,500 square foot warehouse or whatever the case was. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those, again, it's like brainstorming, like functional conflict, I kind of look as like a brainstorming session, right? You don't ever attack the idea of somebody who's trying, who's just throwing out ideas. You attack, uh, or no, I'll say you attack, you go, why? What? Don't go, that's a stupid idea. Why the fuck would you think that? You go, why do you think that? I, I don't understand where you're com- what you're seeing that makes you say that. Yeah, cause I, I don't see that. I don't see that as a problem at all. But maybe you can shine the light on it. Uh, as, as we said, this whole functional conflict is, it can be a good thing. It, well, it is a good thing because one of the byproducts of it is better decision making. When people are encouraged to share their ideas and perspectives, it leads to a more diverse set of options for a group to consider. And I suggest that a broader, a suggestion broader. could broaden the, the, the thinking process of the, the whole issue at hand. Choices uh, you consider and discuss, the better uh, your decision will be ultimately at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it broadens it broadens that thinking, right? Because if if Dice says, "Hey, I need more people," and I say, "Hey, I need more floor space," and we we discuss we I don't want to say cuss and fuss, but right, we discuss it all out. You know, you could kind of sit there and go, "All right, I see where you're where you think we need more space, but let's go out and walk the floor. Uh, let's I would get love that. yeah, right. Let's let's go look at the problem. Like, let's actually get out of our our." our bubble and let's go look at the actual problem what we think the actual problem is and we can put eyes on it and and go from there uh like say you're in a car and you want to go somewhere you know one way to go that's what you and that's what you decide to follow however if there are others in the car with you uh perhaps someone who's more familiar with the area or knows the or someone who has maybe a maps or ways or something like that on the phone they may say hey don't take the interstate uh take this one it's quicker because the path may be longer, but there's traffic up ahead. Or, hey, there's there's a longer path, but we're only adding 20 minutes, but we get a way better scenic view going this route. And like, oh, all right, well, I'm down for the scenic view. The lack of discussion, if you don't have that, arg- I say argument, discussion, if you don't have that talk, uh, means that the attractive alternatives might be missed. Assuming your situation permits it, it's better to have... Uh, wouldn't it be better to have all of the options available up front then and then decide which one makes your needs the best or do you just go with i'm the boss is what i say it's my way or the highway fuck everybody else well if you're in the car with me and my wife then uh the wife knows the best way no matter what obviously i i know that from 100 <laughs> percent. yeah why are you going this way uh gps said to go this way ah gps is stupid oh all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so it's it's funny we you know we bring up the car analogy. I at one point was using uh, my car's built-in GPS, and it was like <laughs> take this exit, and I was like, all right, taking this exit, boop, 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 boop. driving along, driving along, and I hit traffic like a motherfucker. I was like, oh shit, this turns out there's a car fire on the road. They shut down the whole highway. So I booted up a different app and and plugged in the destination that i wanted to go and it was like why the fuck did you go this way you should have turned off the interstate six miles ago and i'm like fuck 
It's like, get off now, and I can save you 45 minutes. I'm like, yes! Fuck! I can't believe I did that. Boom. Alter- I had to, But I had to look up an alternate method to go around <laughs> this other way, and it saved me 45 minutes. So, you know, it, but if I would have had somebody else in the car, I was driving by myself, but if I had somebody else in the car, they'd be like, why are you doing this? Shouldn't you have taken this exit? I'm like, no, it's fine. And they pull up their their map on their phone, like, yeah, it says there's traffic up ahead. You should exit now. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Sure, let's go. <laughs> I did the, in your scenario, in the reverse. The car GPS was telling me to go one way, and I was like, that's the dumbest way I've ever seen in my life. Why would I go all the way around just to get there? This is so, oh, shit. <laughs> There's a car fire. <laughs> the traffic is backed up to the guilt. Now I'm stuck. I can't exit. I'm I'm just sitting there. Fuck. I could just, my GPS was probably like, try to tell you. <laughs> if cars could talk, bitch, I told you. <laughs> I was like, why would I go all the way around? Look at the map. I can get right there. Uh, yeah. Oh, this way is like a mile. That way is five <laughs> miles. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Uh, oh, my jackass. But anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if you have functional conflict, you can get increased creativity. When people are encouraged to share their ideas and perspectives in a safe and welcoming environment, it can lead to new and innovative ideas being put forward because we're encouraged to take risks. This is in turn can this in turn can lead to new products different solutions or approaches that can benefit everyone. The key here is encouraged to take risks, not, hey, I took a risk, it failed, and now (laughs) I get hammered. No, I expect you to fail, that's a risk, got it. I'm glad that you're you're trying to innovate. Let's go forth and, you know, we could still salvage this if we turn it this way and we can make it work. But if you're just you as the boss, hammer every time every someone every time they try to change the process and take a risk and they fuck up or they fail then they're never going to want to take a risk and you're never going to get a better product yeah the key to all that that you just said the key is to remain non-judgmental the old there's no bad ideas mentality encourages everyone to put forward their ideas Creativity thrives on unique and unusual thinking, you know, like think outside the box, which can then often lead to a strange and unexpected um, results, including some that just that just work out. Like, ah, I never thought of that. And that shit actually worked. Yeah. Hey, have you thought about this, this and this? What if we tried it? And that's suck it, man. Let's, yeah, let's that's try That's not silly, but OK. <clears throat> Do you think it'll work? Let's give it a shot. Non-judgmental. You have to foster an environment where it's perfectly fine to throw seemingly foolish thoughts out as it may spark you in an unexpected direction. Your group can then consider and choose what's best. Hey, have we thought about, uh, you know, I I like to sit there and think of um, uh, electric vehicles, right? The car industry remained unchanged for 100 years. 100 years, yeah. Right? And then suddenly... don't get me wrong. I know there's electric vehicles back in like 1912 or whatever. And they're like, no, we're not doing that. But now you have companies like Tesla and Rivian and Lucid uh, that are only making EVs. And it's all because somebody was like, what if I put a battery on a car and I made it actually viable to travel the country that way? What if we did? And I and I, I charged it in such a way 
that you know it it's like a gas station stop could that work like, ah, fuck, i don't know a gas station an electric vehicle gas station? that doesn't make sense fuck it let's let's try to map this out you know or, <laughs> or somebody throws out a, a silly idea and you're like you know what if we uh what if we did this you're like ah that i don't know that that would work but we could do something similar to what you just said what if we took that and said instead of doing everything we took out a b and c and we morphed it into d e and f Ooh, that's yeah that's a good idea that's a good <laughs> idea well that brings uh i don't know if you you're you did this at school or high school or whatever but i remember uh going to one of those outdoor teamwork things in the woods or whatever mm-hmm. uh, there was like 25 of us in our class and we was taking part in one of these challenges and one of the challenges was everyone needs to stand in uh hula hoop the the their feet the hula hoop must be on the ground and you must be standing in the hula hoop well they had like i don't know 12 13 different hula hoops out there good in them not a problem easy peasy right so then they they started taking some of the hula hoops away now we have more and more people trying to stand in these hula hoops so we was down to like five hula hoops and all of us was trying our damnness the you know kind of hold each other up get everybody in the hula hoops and eventually we got it to where everybody was standing in these motherfucking hula hoops right i mean holding on to each other you know teamwork then they took all the hula hoops away except for like two or three now there's 25 of us trying to fucking figure out how to stand in these goddamn hula hoops i was like there this isn't this is fucking impossible no one has ever done this task before and successfully succeeded right so the one kid that normally everyone picks on the goofy kid not me but the goofy kid he sat down he's like no fuck this shit and he just kind of sat down like i'm not doing it anymore but when he sat down he had his feet inside the fucking hula hoop so naturally everyone looked at that motherfucker and was like god damn it the fucking retarded kid figured this shit out so all of us sat on the ground with our feet inside the hula hoop not trying to balance not trying to stand on top of each other's heads and all this stupid shit that we were doing we just sat on the ground talking shit in a teenage fashion with all our feet inside the fucking hula hoops which was the only goddamn problem that we had to solve was to have everyone's feet inside the hula hoops there's only two hula hoops for 25 fucking kids imagine the shock on everyone's face when the kid sat down and put his feet inside the hula hoop my god damn that's all we had to do this whole time Everyone's getting mad, frustrated, fighting. Idea came from a goofy kid just sitting down, giving up. Yeah, foolish idea. Like, ah, fuck this. I'm uh, this is stupid. But my feet are still inside the hula hoop, so you can't say I quit. Fuck you. <laughs> like, Shit, that's a good damn idea. Yeah, yeah. So we all end up doing it. And it's problem solved. Yep. On to the next one. I don't remember yeah. what all of them were, but I remember that one. Yeah, I, I remember doing something like that. I, or the, uh, the the egg. You had to build an egg protection device out of like oh. popsicle sticks <laughs> and like napkins and shit. Yeah, I remember and that like shit too. Part. And I was like, I was like, this is stupid. And I, I remember one of the kids that are like, I'm just gonna build this this cube or whatever. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. And I remember one kid. He's like, he's like, what do we have? He's like, oh, we got rubber bands. We got popsicle sticks. We got you know, whatever tissue paper or, or napkins, or whatever he goes, why don't we just take this? We fucking wrap the egg. We wrap it in a bunch of fucking paper and we wrap it in that and a bunch of fucking rubber bands. Then it'll bounce and it'll absorb the shot. 
Are you fuck? Well, we gotta use popsicle sticks. He's like, cool. I'll break a popsicle stick and put it on the inside. Fuck me. That <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it worked like a champ. Yeah. That was a great <laughs> idea. I was just playing around. I was just fu- fucking around with the, the rubber bands because I like rubber bands. They're bouncy. Boop boop boop. <laughs> All right. So functional conflict. Uh, it may or may not be obvious. But uh, practicing functional conflict can actually improve relationships between people. Uh, If you're asking how, I I did too. Uh, But when people are encouraged to share their ideas and perspectives that aren't immediately judged or shot down, it leads to increased trust and respect. This in turn can lead to better collaboration and communication between everybody. Because if they feel like they're getting heard or they're going to be heard, even if their idea stinks, but everyone's like, hey, that was an idea. Not the not the one we chose with, but that was hey, that was an idea. That led that led to this, that led to this, that led to this, that led to ultimately our final decision. Way to go, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm pretty sure everyone's been part of numerous numerous projects and been faced with uh critical issues. Things that uh put the whole project at risk of crashing and burning. The worst sessions were the ones where people got into the room and started finger pointing and were actively trying to avoid the blame. The absolute best were when the strong leader took control and identified the issues they were facing and asked for everyone's best ideas on how to solve them. If everyone tried to veer into finger pointing, it was quickly shut shut down and everyone was reminded that our goal was to solve the problem, not to point blame. There'd be time to review what happened and what lessons to take from it later. But approaching things that way, the leaders set the tone for the project that showed the value of everyone's input. And that is where they all come together. People are called upon to be the best versions of themselves. Right, yeah. If you got somebody going over there and they're sitting there and they go, well, Timmy, he hasn't offered up an opinion. And they're like, I offered up this one opinion. It got shot down. I don't want to fucking talk to you. I got plastered for being an idiot. And you want me to offer up more opinions? Nah, fuck you. I'm done. I'm out, man. Like, I, well, what if I, I didn't shoot it down. Billy shot it down. And well, f- all right, well, fuck you. And then Billy's like, no, fuck you. You shot it down first. I was just jumping on what you said. And that's when you as a leader, you would take control and be like, Say. fuck you, Billy. Fuck you, Timmy. Fuck all of you. Our problem is this, not who, but this. Yeah. I don't give a shit who gives me an idea. I need ideas so we can build off them, so we can solve the problem at hand. The problem is reduced production in the warehouse. How do we solve that problem? Not who the fuck ate goddamn Timmy's lunch. I don't give a shit about that. (laughs) No, but I do. Fuck off, Timmy. No one likes you. Uh, but the flip side, I mean, as as we share numerous examples, the flip side of that is uh, the dysfunctional. That's where, you know, Timmy is being attacked personally and uh, it characterized hostility, defensiveness and lack of cooperation, which is the kind of conflict you don't want, which is uh, most often the default conflict that everyone uh, falls into. Yeah, I, I call that uh, almost call it toxic yeah. conflict because everybody's trying to shift blame uh you know because let's say let's say you go down with an idea and you get 80 percent done and you're like oh shit this is not gonna work but i pushed this hard so now we got to make it work Mm. that you know it's it's like 
well, why are we doing this stupid ass idea? I don't know. Billy suggested it and he was strong and he pushed it and, and now we're fucking doing this. It wasn't my fault. I wanted to do this other solution. All right, stop. That's not the problem here. The problem is still, you know, whatever the whatever the issue is, right? Right. Stop trying to shift blame. Let's just solve the problem. Uh, dysfunctional conflict can lead to the exact opposite of what we discussed above. Poor decision-making, decreased uh, creativity, and damaged relationship. There's a there could be a lot of causes of dysfunctional conflict, including personality clashes, communication breakdowns, and a lack of trust. The way to help combat these things is foster a culture of respect, collaboration, and open communication, whether at work or in your personal life. But you know, how do you do that? Um, it's certainly going to depend on everyone's specific circumstances, but there are a couple guidelines that can help. Yeah, and we go over these guidelines, and a lot of things that we have said is kind of repeating, but it's one of the things that it's a revolving door of the situation. So you can see your functional conflict turning into a dysfunctional conflict, and then that's where you have to get it back on track. And one way you can get it back on track is encourage that open communication. Create an environment where everyone feels comfortable sharing their ideas and perspectives. Don't allow ideas to be shot down as soon as they're shared. Instead, uh, do things in waves, like coming up with all ideas first and then shift to a more reflective discussion around this, what seems to be the most viable ways of moving forward. So if, if someone like, uh, we need a car with four tires and someone's like, wow, we can put two in the trunk. Well, let's, uh, Let's keep that idea and we'll write that on the board and see if we can come up with something else. Oh, we can add another axle. All right, add another axle in the trunk area. Like what uh, Timmy said at the beginning, the trunk, add another axle and then we can add two more tires on that. So, I mean, I didn't shoot down Timmy's idea immediately, even though, I mean, I'm using it very loosely. That was a very dumb idea, but right. I, I didn't say, Timmy, you're fucking stupid. Let's get a better idea out there. I kept his idea flowing and then I kind of built it into, uh, you know, a more viable idea as it came up. Yeah. Um, you got to focus on the task. Um, encourage everyone to focus on finding the best solution to the problem, not attacking each other. Uh, personally, as, as much as possible, egos need to be checked at the door and you can help them with that by reminding your group that the goal is to solve the problem and you all have to work together to solve that problem. So it's not, you know, hey, I'm the best motherfucking person in this fucking building and <laughs> everyone needs to do what I say. Like, all right, got it. You may be the best, hands down, but that does not mean that you have the best idea for to solve this problem. It could be the worst person that has the best idea. You have no idea. Yeah, like that goofy ass kid that sat the fuck down with his feet inside the hulu fucking genius yeah. motherfucker <laughs> you right. want you want to embrace uh diversity encourage diversity of the thought and perspective and open to new and innovative ideas again there's no bad idea it's a good place to start yes some suggestion will likely be crossed off your mental list as soon as they're said but what you're trying to foster is an environment where the create creativity is like flowing Stopping and debating a specific idea interrupts that and shifts our thinking into creating to critiquing and defending instead of uh, being more open-minded. You'll get the decision making eventually, but up front, you just kind of want that diverse thinking to develop, like brainstorming. 
Yeah, and, and the best way to, in my personal opinion, the best one of the best ways to do that is set a time limit on your brainstorming session, right? Hey guys, let's brainstorm all the ideas we can freaking think about in the next 30 minutes to an hour, and we're gonna write them up on this board, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back, we'll see if anyone has any more ideas. We can discuss those for about 10 minutes, and then we'll, we'll, then we'll start crossing stuff off and building on other ideas and critiquing and stuff like that. And we're not going to, you know, remember, we're not going to attack anybody. And boom, everyone that way, if everyone's like, well, that's a dumb idea. I think we shouldn't do that because of X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. We'll get to that later. Right now we're just generating ideas. Do you have a better idea? Unless you have a better idea, you don't need to talk. All right. So foster a culture of respect helps with that. You got to create a culture where everyone respects each other's opinions, even if they disagree. None of us is going to be right 100% of the time, and we'll offer up some goofy ideas. And that's okay. Sometimes we just need to speak an, uh, an idea to get it out of our heads and clear space for the next idea to form. Crazy ideas can even spark a better idea from someone else. You can lead by modeling and accepting behavior that you want everyone to follow. So it, it, even if it's like, well, I, you know, Timmy says, hey, I want two wheels in the, in the trunk. Okay, okay, yeah, let's... Let's do that. And you're like, well, actually, what if we did put them in the trunk, but we put them on an axle underneath the trunk? Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. That might... Okay. We'll write that one down. Add another axle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Who else has got something? Oh, what if we added four tires on the front axle? Uh, okay. Okay. We could, we could try that. You know, you go, go forward and sit there and make it work. But you have to foster that culture of respect, not go... Timmy, you're a dumbass. Why the fuck would you carry two tires in the trunk? Then what are they going to even be used for? All right, fair enough. You know, but fuck off. This <laughs> idea sparked adding an axle. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what? Let's just put a fifth tire in the trunk. For what? I, I don't know. Maybe they can a use spare. it as a spare. Damn, Timmy, that was a good idea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as a leader, you have to manage that conflict effectively. When conflict does arise, because it will, it always does, Yeah. Um, it needs to be managed effectively. This includes listening to all perspectives, identifying common ground, and finding a solution that everyone can agree on. It may also mean that calling out what is happening, not to critique the people getting involved, but rather to remind your group of the mission and how you're going about it by focusing on the task or the goal at hand encouraging all ideas to be brought forward and by being respectful to each other. Don't, hey, Timmy's idea of putting them in the trunk wasn't bad. That sparked adding another axle. That's, okay, got it. Let's, we're, 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 we're working here. We're solving this problem. We have to carry four tires. We got it. But, you know, no idea is a bad idea. Let's not attack anybody's ideas because, you know, they could spark somebody else's thought process. Yeah, uh, I know we, we've been talking about the conflict, uh, dysfunctional and functional conflicts, but and sometimes it feels like conflict gets a bad reputation, which frankly, it, it kind of deserves it, especially if it's dysfunctional in, in all kinds of ways. Uh, but functional conflict can be an incredible tool that will actually improve your thinking and dynamics between you and those around you. And especially uh, being a leader and you're having a group and you're trying to resolve a problem, you want to be the leader that facilitates this type of functional conflict to bring uh, bring the good ideas to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got to, you got to be that kind of leader that, that really, you know, manages that conflict and, and says, Hey, this is our goal. 
And right now, what we're trying to solve is what is your final third of your cigar? Oh man, that was good. Uh, my final third. Uh, I will say there wasn't much change in this cigar profile, which normally that's a negative. Normally it's like, ah, oh, this cigar is so one note. But because of the the chisel and the way it, it like flows through the whole cigar as it channels down the uh, the shaft, um, it it actually brings a different, I want to say, mouthfeel to the smoke as it enters my palate. Okay. So uh, oh. it, it's still peppery, and the pepper is now a little stronger than it was at the beginning. And I do have leather, and there's a small hint of chocolate notes that's coming in behind it. But the way it this cigar has been phenomenal. The burn line has been amazing. The I, I, the color of the fucking wrapper is amazing. Uh, I would advise picking one of these up. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I would say I would say something similar. The the final third didn't really change for me. It's still leather um, with a with a kind of a cocoa sweetness on it with a just a hint of pepper on the back end. Um, which again might be a negative thing, but it was so well balanced. I couldn't be mad at the cigar, it, and it was it flowed really good. I would say uh, I had to relight that thing about four times while we were talking, and it, which to me is is not super thrilling about this. Um, it did actually pair pretty decently well with the crystal rum, um, but yeah, it just wasn't. It was good cigar. Uh, I wasn't just overly impressed with it. So if we were to say box worthy five pack or two, one or two, I would probably go with a one or two on this cigar. Really? It just, I, it's good. I wouldn't be upset if I had a five pack. Yeah. Um, pending price, but being a Padron, um, I, I could say that the price is probably going to be a little bit more. Um, but I, I would have to just say that I, I wasn't super impressed with the cigar. The burn line kind of got wonky. It canoed and torpedoed on me a little bit here and there. Uh, it, it just wasn't the greatest smoke I've ever had. Uh, so pending pending price, I'd probably say one or two. All right. Well, I'm going to be on the complete different spectrum of your, uh, your call. I, I would say this cigar is actually box worthy really i did have a little because it's a chisel and maybe i didn't like chop enough chisel tip off i did have a little blockage near the the mouthpiece but it could also be the way i hold my cigar especially since it's chisel i kind of it fits in my teeth like properly so i'll probably squish it a little more than it should but other than that i mean i think that's my own fault uh i would 100 percent say this is a box worth this cigar smoke right, output was right. great the everything about it was good nice nice well uh you know we gave we gave you guys uh 10 ways to get rid of mold in your humidor um and what happens if you ever have to come across that uh, tragic experience and uh and then and then we got to talking about uh functional versus dysfunctional conflict and how to how to manage that a little bit yeah. and uh i think um yeah, I, th I think it was. I think it was a great conversation. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, especially enjoyed the conflict um, portion of it because a lot of people probably, a lot of leaders probably, don't realize that they're actually forming and storming the different levels of conflict that the, they have within their group, especially when they're trying to resolve a problem. So I, I hope that helps out a, a lot of our listeners. And uh, other than that, I guess uh, we'll see you next season. 
Absolutely, yeah. See you guys next season. Ooh, fun, fun. All right, until next time, I'm Austin. And I'm Dice. And great leaders smoke great cigars. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. The comments and opinions expressed by the host and guests does not reflect the opinions of those that broadcast this show, nor does it reflect any of our affiliates.